Take four. Matt and Cody here. We're uh, doing our first baseball podcast. We're going to talk about uh, some of the pennant races, talk about uh, some of the trades. We're going to discuss fantasy baseball a little bit. We're going to give our predictions for uh, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year in both AL and NL. Matt's a Red Sox fan, so he's going to cover AL a little bit more in depth than, uh, than NL, and I'll do the same for the NL, AL, vice versa. Being a Braves fan, um, I feel like we've already discussed some good stuff, and the uh, <laughs> we have our app we've had some technical difficulties with not using before, so we're going to try to go for more than five minutes this time. Yeah, so maybe what, like 15, 20 minutes so far? Yeah, probably. We've uh, discussed Bryce Harper and the Nats, not knowing if they're uh, buyers or sellers, trade deadline. Both of us are in agreement that Harper's. I don't. We both don't feel as worth the four hundred million dollars that everybody was talking about prior to the season. Uh, we talked about Machado playing shortstop. How we both think it's probably better for everybody if he stays at third. But what we were talking about before that thing cut off was what I was going to say was I feel like shortstops, like guys with his body build, like he looked like a Tulowitzki, and like I know he played in Colorado, so that affected everything. But just physically couldn't keep up like his body would break down on him playing shortstop and I don't know if like maybe all that extra movement really does it could yeah it could be it could be but he's known for his arm though yeah his arm plays best at third base it's almost like I I don't know that you could say that he's even the best glove in the NL West even if you move him to third Arenado's the best glove in the NL West right so he has to be. Yeah, so even if you move Machado to third base where he's most comfortable and he's played most of his career, like is he even a better third baseman than the guy in the same division, Nolan Arenado? I know that the Rockies don't have kind of the firepower around him that the Dodgers do, but I don't I don't think he's even worth what an Arenado's worth. You know, I didn't even think about that until you just said that and like that's crazy to think that he Honestly, like if you if I had to pick one of the two, I would take Arenado over Machado at third. Yeah, you have to, right? Like I would. Like it would. I don't even think it would be really much. Like even if I'm drafting in fantasy baseball and it's do I have Arenado or Machado that I draft, I'm taking Arenado. Like I don't even think I have a decision to make in my head. So, so like I'm, I didn't even think about that. So if we go back to Bryce Harper, I'm looking at this right now. As of today, his average is 218. 218 with how many home runs? Uh, 25, which is respectable. 25. 63 runs and 62 RBI. So that's very close to each other. So it, it seems like – how do you get on base, though, with an average of 218? I mean, he what's his, like, on-base percentage, though? Like, that's – that would be a good indicator because he walks a lot too. So he has 82 he? walks, 112 atten- intentional walks, so that makes it 94 walks, I guess, total, and 116 strikeouts. So he's 94 not that- to 116. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not no. terrible. And not for a guy like him. That's more. I mean, he's always been more power driven than like batting average. I would yeah, say. that's 22. That separates strikeouts yeah. and walks. So that's, that's that's not as bad as a lot of people are. No. His on-base percentage is 369, which puts him 25th in the league with Scooter, Scooter Jeanette. So, damn. I mean, that's still like that. I would think that Scooter's makes him a lot better. Would be higher because of his uh, his average. Scooter has a much higher average. It's got to be. Yeah, he's hit what 319, I think. Yeah. 
he was in the running for the uh, the NL batting title for a while. Yeah, and that's still that's the craziest thing to me, man, is reading that stat that the Reds have three of the top offensive players in baseball. Yeah. And their record is the pitching is really bad and forty eight and fifty eight. Yeah. With three of the top off top fifteen offensive players in baseball. Yeah, and we but we talked about that earlier was that they but started the out three and fifteen with Brian Price as their manager, they fire him, and if you add it that's twelve games under and they're ten games under right now, so they're a two game over five they're the Cardinals essentially over yeah. where we're at right now. The Cardinals and the Pirates are both around two games over five hundred. Have the Cardinals done anything at the trade deadline? I don't think so. At all. Like I I mean, last time we talked about the Cardinals, like we both said, like you just always expect the Cardinals to make it in, but But they have a very solid a um rotation if all those dudes are healthy though. They really do. With Waka Waka's pit he pitched well this year. Like he's hurt now, but I mean he's not getting you like eight innings a game or anything like that. Like he's one of those guys that'll give you five innings. If he's on, he'll give you, you know, eight, nine, ten Ks. But then he's also got that proclivity to to walk four guys, and that's why he only pitches five innings. Yeah. Like, I think he's one of those guys we were talking about earlier where he doesn't get through the lineup the third time. Yeah. Pitch count gets too high because <coughs> then he starts walking people. But, but if that, that is, that's really an art doing that. It's an art yeah. getting through the lineup the third time because every guy has seen you at least twice, and you're talking about major league caliber hitters. Yeah. And these guys, that's their job is to – learn and adapt and try to hit something that is in their wheelhouse. Look for the pitch that they're supposed to hit. So guys like that, I mean, most major league hitters are like that. So when they see somebody three times, they're, I don't know, ready to pounce, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they've pretty much at that point in the game, unless you're one of those guys that goes up attacking first pitch, swinging, you know, every time. Like, you've pretty much seen every pitch in their arsenal by that point in the game. You've had you've seen other guys at bats too, so you've seen their stuff. You know what they're what they're using. They everybody naturally is going to have a tendency, unless you're that pitcher that has a big enough arsenal where you can mix stuff up. Yeah, four four good pitches as a starter <coughs> is super rare, super rare. Even like even two excellent pitches as a reliever is super rare. But That's, a lot of these relievers now they're all coming in throwing. Flames at ninety five plus, and if you you only need one other pitch with that because guys are only chances are they're only going to see you one time. Yeah, but I saw like the Reds back in the day, not back in the day, a couple of years ago, the last few years or whatever they had Chapman, and that he Chapman his success was directly related to his ability to throw his slider for strikes, Which because his slider is super is it's extremely nasty. So if he if he came in and he could throw in, but he only has to throw that pitch on, you know, like some two strike counts. Sometimes he can. I mean, most of the time he's going to strike guys out with a you know his one hundred and one or one hundred and two heater. But his slider went what ninety three, ninety four, yeah, something like that. That's got it. Like, that has to be harder to hit than the the high heat at one hundred and one. That has to be something a slider that breaks foot, into the zone yeah. at ninety or ninety one. Something like that. That has to be impossible yeah. to. To hit, but that's always been his problem, though. Is can he hit the strike zone? And yeah, wild. Like what Guys do you do? He had nineteen on the fastball, nineteen pitches that what one game, and I think like eleven of them were balls. Yeah, he used. To, I mean, for the Reds, he walked people all the time. 
Oh, yeah. He was frustrating to watch sometimes because he would just, like, completely lose his strike zone. But he Aren't plays they? on a team now that has an excellent bullpen. Oh, dude. And, and they have plenty of guys. Britain. Yeah. Like, how are you going to compete with that? Like, all you need your starters to do, basically, is get you to, the, I mean, realistically, the fifth inning. And then you can go to the bullpen to close it out. And that's, I think, something that they have an advantage over Boston in. And I think that's really like they, they, they made it, if you remember, last year to the ALCS, right? They played Houston went, and it went to at least six games, maybe not – game seven, right, I think? It went seven games, Houston and New York last year. But um, regardless, the – the, the Yankees were one or two games away from a World Series last year, so they had a dominant bullpen back then. They had the same team that they do this year, except at the trade deadline, they add a guy who's been the main man in Baltimore for years, and a guy, I think he's a lefty, so that adds another yeah. lefty specialist to your bullpen, which isn't so easy to find. who do they even have now? They've got Chapman, Robertson. Yeah. They got Robertson, and they kept him from Who the White Sox last year. I mean, Batances. I don't Batances, know if he's duh. been any good this year, but I don't think so. But it doesn't matter. If one of those guys struggles, you still have, they still have three, 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 four guys. Yeah. And Agreed. I know they're not used. They don't have, like, a Davinsky or an Andrew Miller. They don't have – or a Hader, a guy that can go, like, two or three innings. But still, like, you back to back to back, those guys just pitching one inning – has to be a nightmare. It has to be. And then you top it off with Chapman at the end, throwing over 100. Well, you can even play with the way that they have the right and left. They've got two righties, two lefties. They can even play matchups. Like, even if you are talking eighth inning on, even if, like, you get some other reliever to bridge that gap to the eighth inning, if you've got a dominant, like, a, a really solid lefty coming up, you can waste Britain on the lefty. And then you got two righties coming up. You can throw in Batances. Yeah, let's not. Or Roberts, you yeah, know let's saying? not get it twisted. Britain will not close. In no, there's He'll no way. close if and when Chapman has, you know, pitched on two days in a row or something yeah. like that. But that's the crazy thing to think about too is like even if they use two of those guys two or three nights in a row, they've still got a righty and a lefty that would be closing for any other team in baseball pretty yeah. much. Yeah. To go to close it out, like that's just insane. Like I don't know. I think the Red Sox, like their bullpen area has been what like four. 4.5 plus yeah, the last month or great. something. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't – They, I mean, I understand going after Eovaldi and getting him, but I still think they they would want to shore up their bullpen. But So their, their starters are better, okay? So Boston adding Eovaldi, who's had a great year this year or whatever, but their starters are better. And they have – that's what I read the other day was that the sale, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, could potentially win the Cy Young this year. He's the – there are two dudes active on Boston's starting bullpen that have won a Cy Young, and neither one of them is Chris Sale. They have David Price, and it was either, what, Pomerantz or Porcello who won it uh, Porcello, wasn't yeah, it? last year or the year before. Maybe it was last year, but, year. No, it was the year before. Because uh, he wasn't year. great the year, and he hasn't been great this year. Yeah, so no, you're talking I, about Chris Sale, a guy who probably—I mean, I don't—I think he ended up second last year because he had over 300 strikeouts, which hadn't been done in a long time. But yeah. that—I mean, Kluber had an epic year last year, which means that Sale ended up second, even with 300 plus strikeouts. Yeah. 
So you know how good Kluber's year was, but Sale is Cy Young caliber almost every year. He's always got a ton of strikeouts. Like, this is totally off topic, but uh, – well, not really, but uh, one year me and Derek were in, a, like, an online baseball league on PlayStation. I had Sale. Like, we did a draft, and I had Sale. I led the league in strikeouts that year. It wasn't even close. Like, that guy was nasty. Like, just his arsenal, like, as hard as he yeah, throws, so and he's got that slider, he's got a, a nasty changeup. So, you think a lefty, you have an yeah. advantage over almost everybody already. Because yeah. even if you're left-handed, like, it's still... Are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm left-handed. See, Archer, I think he's leaning towards being a lefty, and, like, anybody I've talked to that knows, like, I'm, with me being a baseball fan, they're like, oh, you uh, push him through? I'm like... I'm pretty much just kind of watching him throw, but he's he's kind of doing a little bit of both. But that's the thing is, like, I would obviously push him to throw left-handed just because those left-handed pitchers are so much harder to come by. Than, yeah, than they create a lot of mismatches. See, that's what I was just thinking about that. So Boston has him. I don't know. David Price is a lefty too, right? So is John yeah. Lester Yeah. for the Cubs or whatever. Yeah. But that's they. I don't know how many starters that the Yankees have that are that are left-handed. So, so I think Sabathia. Yeah, that's uh, true. Sabathia. I don't think Severino. Severino's I don't think Tanaka. a righty. Tanaka's a righty. Um, who else they got? So Sabathia. And are I like are, he has a record of being reliable and excelling in the postseason. So you might see him in a seven game series get the start in like game four or game five, something like that, before you could get like Severino, but the problem with the Yankees is, like, who is their number two after Severino? Severino. Sonny Gray has been a disappointment. Yeah, I can't believe how bad he's pitched this Tanaka year. has been hurt, but he's been yeah, – apparently he's the same. Apparently Tanaka's issue is pitching out of the stretch. And when guys are on base, Tanaka's numbers are much worse than when they are without guys on base. So I don't know if that's something that he can like fix or if it's a real issue, but like it's it kind of seems to be. So that's something I've never looked into, but I feel like a lot of the like Asian pitchers, just the way that their wind up and stuff like that is like it's so different, like with the timing and everything like that. Like I, I've always kind of wondered if they've, and I've obviously never looked into it, like to see the actual stats, but to see if they're numbers from the stretch are ma- like massively different from stretch to wind up just because they've got that they've all got that like pause motion that they yeah. do of some sort you know what I'm saying with that uh we completely it, it forgot has about to make it harder to hit though right yeah i mean it just affect timing but i mean i guess if you're that good of a hitter that you can time it up it doesn't affect you but darvish and dice k did the same thing all, like yeah they always like even Otani, he's got a little bit of a hitch in his too, just like a lot of the the Asian pitchers do. But he seems we forgot about J. A. Happ too. They just got him, and isn't he a lefty? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a lefty. So now they got him Maybe as a lefty the as well. Why. And then let me pass that. Like, does he that's even the thing is, Do they is, even need a fifth pitcher with the bullpen that they have? No. So you think? I mean, what's so? I guess what is your Especially prediction? Especially postseason. So, game one, you Yeah, hope. you don't even need to – that's the thing, too. Like, I feel like they didn't used to do that like they do nowadays. Like, back in the day, it mattered. One through five mattered. Nowadays, I feel like if you've got three really good pitchers, it doesn't even matter who your fourth starter is because you'll use them out of the bullpen. Same thing with the fifth starter. Yeah. 
Like, unless you're really getting – I mean, how many guys even – how many teams do, – does every team even pitch with five starters anymore now in the postseason? Like, even in the World Series? No, not in the postseason. No, like, they let them go. Because you to get your one and two the most starts yeah. you can. So, your one and two in a seven-game series will generally go game one, then game two, and then with the rest and the travel and stuff like that, you could usually get them out in like game, game six and game seven yeah. to try to win – like, and, and, but that's a huge advantage to have two yeah. number ones, or you know, like I guess the Diamondbacks, you know, and have Shelly and Johnson had to be a huge advantage because you can pitch guys like that in the postseason. But that's 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 what scares me about the Yankees is you have Severino because right now they're trending toward a wild card game, which means they're going to have to play Severino in that game to win it, and they're going to have to adjust their bullpen or their starting schedule. To do that, right? Because that becomes your season. Times, that yeah. one game. So a lot of times they'll uh, they'll just have them pitch on short rest, try to get like even if they can get four or five innings out of them. Then I think the logic behind that is four innings of of Severino is still better, you know, maybe than CC Sabathia going depending on the matchup too. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Are you taking the Red Sox as to win the AL East? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I do think that the the injury to Judge, which just happened a yeah. couple of days ago, fractured hand or something, has has a big impact on that. I know there's they, you know their starters just got better. We just talked about that, but Judge has had a good year, man. He's yeah. been kind of carrying the team. Stanton hasn't really produced anything near his his MVP numbers last year. Do you think that that's? I think that that could be the adjustment from NL to AL. But also, man, you got to take into consideration. It's like we discussed. It's a lot easier to hit 50 home runs for the the Miami Marlins than it is to go into New York and play. Like even if they're not winning, they're still going to ride his ass if but he's striking out like those easier. five strikeout games. Like yeah, they that's booed him. Rough. Yeah, they booed him hard. That that's got to play too. in their psyche. Yeah, like it's not like he's been with the team for yeah. you know five years or something. Like he's this is first year. Like that they was don't the first month. They don't give you any slack. The first couple weeks. Yeah, that's what happens when you play in New York, man. That's what everybody talked about with A Rod when he first got there. It was like you know, can he handle that kind of market? Going from he played in Seattle and then he played in Texas. Those aren't markets like New York with New York fan base. But size wise, it's hard to hit home runs in Miami. Yeah. That's a big ballpark. And yeah. so it's definitely known to be easier to hit home runs in New York than it is didn't in they Miami. Move, didn't they move the fence up in New York after the first season because of the lack of home runs, and then it like went astronomical the next year? I think so, but about the, it. where they place it, it's not placed. It, it has the same dimensions as the old Yankee Stadium, but the wind, I hear, affects. It's much easier to hit home runs in new Yankee Stadium than it is old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. As far as I've heard. Well, looking at the AL East, I mean, it's pretty much those are your two best teams in baseball, right? Like, even the Yankees at being number two and being uh, five and a half games back, like, their record is 67-37. Yeah, they're still the second best team in the American League. They're the second best team in baseball. The Astros are 67-40. and And then the best 27 games over, yeah. The best record in baseball, like in the NL past that, is the Cubs are 60 and 44. So I guess that that might not Isn't that interesting, though? Like the NL is supposed to be better than the AL as far as interleague play goes, but more of the top hitters are in the AL than in the NL. 
But I think, like, that's the thing, too, is you always see it's just natural for, like, and that's something I watch in fantasy, too, is guys going from AL to NL teams because in the NL, they just the ERAs are just always lower because yeah. you've got the pitcher. Yeah. But I think, that's like. That's a big difference, adding a power hitter <coughs> instead of a pitcher in the, in the, the batting work. It is. It's a big difference. You have a guy who bats ninth for every almost every single team in the National League, and you get to replace him with a guy you bat third or fourth on most American League teams. Yeah, talking the DH spot. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even if your DH isn't, you know, that that prototype third fourth hitter, even if your DH is just a guy that's got a decent bat, he still chances are. Yeah, he doesn't have better to play defense. Than a, yeah, he's still better than a major league pitcher. Yeah. And that's where most of your DH guys are. He can are, be fat guys. and slow, really, yeah. if you want, because he doesn't have to play defense. As long as he mashes. Yeah. And even if he's not fat and slow, he could just be that guy that's terrible defensively. Like Big Poppy yeah. in his later years. Yeah. But he was extremely valuable to their team. Oh, agreed. Yeah, like he was the heart and soul of those Red Sox teams. So, I think we can both agree that the Rays, there's no, they don't have a, sh- a shot in hell of – yeah. I'm making 20 and a half games back. All right, so let's move to the West because the Central is trash and potentially the worst uh, division in all of baseball. I mean, yeah. Like, the Indians are nine games ahead of the Twins right now. Yeah. Like, the it's Twins not are in second place and they're yeah. six games under 500. So It's not even a race. Yeah, it's not even a race. They're so eight games below. In the West, you have Houston at 27 games over. We mentioned that. And it's actually a race still because Seattle – is 19 games over, and Oakland's 15 games over. So Seattle gained ground. They gained a game today over Houston, and now they're only four games back in the AL West. And they're leading, or they're second in the wild card right now, but Oakland is still only, what, two games back of Seattle for the yeah. second wild card. And that, honestly, all three, all three of your teams chasing that second – AL wild card spot or AL West in Seattle, then the A's are two games back, and then it's the Angels nine games back, but then Tampa Bay's nine and a half games back there too. So yeah, so I one mean, of those teams, yeah, they would have to get hot. But I like that. That's I don't know. There's not a whole lot in the American League to look at as far as the standings wise and see anything close. The National League is much there's much closer races that than the I National League. I don't remember the entire like stat like number by number, but it said that like the disparity it's there's never been a year like this where one league has had the disparity that they've had and the other league has had the lack of disparity that they've had. Like the NL was on pace to like have like I think nobody win a hundred games and nobody lose a hundred games. The AL you're talking the Yankees and the Red Sox could win over a hundred games and you could have two teams in the Royals and the uh, Orioles Orioles that could lose 100 games. Yeah. Like they said, they've never seen the disparity yeah. like there has been this year. And that's crazy. Like when you actually look at the NL, like the Cubs just took back the, the lead of the Brewers. D-backs are a half game back at the Dodgers. Rockies are a game back at the Dodgers. And then you look back at the AL and you're looking at it jumps from five and a half games to 20 and a half games in the East. 4, 6, 13, 22 in the West, and then the AL Central is 9, 13 and a half, 20 and a half, 25 and a half. Like, they're not even races. Yeah. Yeah, it's silly. It's, so the only thing in the American League, if you're an American League fan, you have to look forward to is really the second wild card. Yeah. Because if everything stays where it is now 
And Houston's, I mean, they're the defending champs. They're probably the best team in all of baseball until they're not, I guess. And someone's going to have to Someone's got to beat them. Yeah, someone's going to have to beat them. So they have four dudes when they're healthy in Springer and Bregman and Altuve and what? Who else do they have? Gaddis can hit. I mean, they have a pretty I'd, solid lineup top I'd to like bottom. I'd like to see Brian Correa. I didn't back. say Correa. Yeah. Last thing when you're talking about the Astros, though, you just start naming people off, and it's like, yeah. I forget. Oh, I only forgot Correa. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, an all-star. He's a scrub. You know, no big deal. <laughs> I forgot him. But they have that, and they have three good starters, especially with the emergence of, well, like, Charlie Morton this year. Yeah. And they have Verlander, who is, like, in the ageless wonder, I guess, and he'll pitch into it, you know, his late 30s, I guess. Everybody, like, I thought that Verlander was done when yeah. he started struggling. Like, I thought he was going to be one of those guys that if he couldn't throw 100, you know, or close to it, he wasn't going to be effective. But he's still hitting 97. Like, what? I think he hit – did he hit 100 this year, I think? Like, I mean, 99 or something? Possibly. Like, to finish? Like yeah. The, in the seventh inning of one of his starts or something like that, like, he was hitting almost 100. Like, there's – I don't know, man. Like, look at Garrett Cole. Like, going from Pittsburgh to, to Houston. Like, just the numbers that he's had. I think sometimes there are just pitching coaches that yeah. that can find that one little tweak to, to make things different. Like, that's how Leo Mazzoni used to be, you know, for the Braves. Like, throw this take pitch anybody. more. Yeah. yeah, you have a plus changeup, you, and you don't throw it enough. So, throw that more in these counts and shit like that. That definitely could change a guy for the better. I think something like that happened to Garrett Cole. Like, yeah. the dude didn't really – change much other than what team he went to and that was in the offseason it wasn't like Verlander who went to the Astros halfway through the year not last year not yeah last year right yeah because he helped them win a World Series and that dude was dynamite in the postseason oh just after finished finished so strong last year after playing for a scrub ass Detroit team for the first half of the year can you believe that the Pirates games don't mean anything the Pirates without McCutcheon and getting rid of Cole where they're sitting right now. Yeah, I think they're they're six and a half games back. Team. They're four and a, or uh, four games back of the second and a wild card spot. I'm still waiting. I think that. they have talent though. I'm still waiting for dudes like they've been like hot Bell last and their last, to yeah. really break out Marte. Um, the last like week, those guys are all hitting like over 400. And I I can't believe that Marte. I had him last year in fantasy when he got popped for PEDs or whatever. He got suspended for it. Yeah, but you have uh, Felipe Vasquez, their closer. Mm-hmm. They just got somebody else too. What, Soria? No, Soria went to the Brewers. Okay, wow. Who the Pirates That's great. I don't know. They got somebody. Well, we'll cover that when we're talking about trades. Yeah, they, think, got a, uh, they got a reliever, I think. and um, But they have Kingham, who's been nice, other than his last start was poor and his first start was poor. Well, like I said, I think but that he's think, one of those guys. He'll, he'll develop consistency when he's not getting – sent back down to AAA, back up to the majors for a start, back down to AAA, you know, back and forth. I think, like, once he had – there's a reason that their pitching coach is a major league pitching coach and not a minor league guy. Yeah. He's going to have benefits of, you know, working with that guy day in and day out. And Tyon has been pretty nice. It's almost like he – Who are you talking in fantasy? You were – Thinking about dropping him or somebody else? Fulmer, Michael Fulmer. Yeah, for the I, Tigers. as soon as you asked me, I was like, "Well, let me let me look at the num like their numbers first, But I find has it, a better offense. Which yeah, I find it hard to believe decision. you would drop Tyon. But like after that decision, that. he I don't know that's the same thing. Like he started throwing a certain pitch, change up something like that more, 
and he's striking out more guys with it. That's what it's Newcomb's like, success has been. Newcomb and Fulte for yeah. the Braves, the reason that they've been playing so well is Fulte's been able to actually throw his slider for strikes. And if he can throw that with a uh, – he's got a plus fastball. It's 97-98. I think – I mean, he could throw 99. You throw in a slider like that, and then Newcomb, his was like that changeup. If he can throw that changeup for strikes – the dude becomes nasty. Like, we've got two guys that could be aces. So, that, that, that's the problem is that the Braves don't have an ace. If you add no, we've an been, ace to we've, the Braves, they're probably a deep NL contender. I'm they really, really surprised. are because that's the only thing they're missing. They Their bullpen's been nice even with the Vizcaino out. Like, they have, what, A.J. Minter? Minter's played well. Um, they've had uh, – um, what's his name? You're going to be shitting me right now. But they're nice, and their offense is obviously good, and they obviously – that's the one thing they're missing. If that team had a, like a – not even like a – if they had like Zach Greinke or, oh, yeah. you know, not even like the well, top level, not like a Max Scherzer or Chris Sale, but like somebody like Greinke, that team could go deep in the playoffs because if you could pitch Zach Greinke twice in a seven-game series, they're, they're going to put up – Offense, they're going to score runs. They just are. They're young. They're fast. They're they for a minute. They had the best offensive baseball. Yeah, but they they've are. also they've had a you know Acuna's been injured. Albies just came back off like I think a hamstring or something like but that. But they have too. a lot of speed, and that's kind yeah. of underrated. And that scores a lot of runs, and they do. They have a well, lot. That's of what power like I think about the Astros. The Astros. I mean, granted, you've got your guys like Gaddis and McCann and stuff like that, but they've got a lot of speed, and I think like you can't. Speed's always going to be more consistent, I think, than like power. Like your power guys are gonna they're gonna strike out and go into to slumps. But speed, you can't you can't keep speed off the base passes. You're gonna beat out base hits, you're gonna be able to move like you know, not just running station to station, like first to third and like stuff like that. That's gonna win you ball games over the course of a season. Your guys that are hitting fifty home runs aren't gonna be the guys that are are moving first to third on singles yeah, and games yeah. and stuff like that too. But <clears throat> do you think uh, who's your pick for a second wild card spot in the AL? Then you think Seattle's going to hold on to it, or do you think the? I mean, you got the A's and Angels, and I know I, I want to say Oakland, but I really do think it's Seattle. I think they have a good team, and I don't know when um, when Robbie Cano comes back. But, but with that, like, that's my question, too, about that is what happens? What do you do? What happens? You because can't, he can't play in Gordon the, from second base. But he can't, he can't play in the playoffs, so what do you do? He can't? No, with that suspension, he can't play in the postseason. Yeah. So what do you do with him? You, uh, you spot started. You, I mean, and I don't I mean, even know where you started, and that's a problem. What do you do? Do you just throw you him You start him at first base instead of Ryan Healy? Who's a below average player as far as offensive? He has some solid power numbers, but he's a high strikeout guy, and he's a like I think he's a below replacement level player. But I mean, you're but you're still like regardless of that, you're in a spot where you can't like get comfortable with wherever he's playing. Like even in that case, like let's say that you put him above and instead of Healy, you can't play him. So at that point, what do you do? Like I guess you just and you want to give guys, guys playing off. time, uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. If you're potentially trying to win the second wild card, and I get that. I mean, you can use him to help you get to that wild card spot and rest guys up. But I think that's all you can do. And it also sucks from the aspect where you're looking at it, where 
you're not paying him to be a utility guy. Seattle's kind of a funky team. They're almost like the Braves of the American League because they don't have an ace. They do with Paxton. But he's injury-prone. Yeah. But outside of Paxton, like, what do they have? Like, Felix Hernandez is at the, you know. Yeah, he's past his prime. He's He's throwing too many innings for too many consecutive years to be, like, you know, what he was. He's still above average pitcher. So it's like like the, uh, so, you know, an ideal situation for Seattle is to pitch James Paxton against potentially Luis Severino in the one-game wild card, right? Yeah. So say Seattle wins. Say Paxton pitches an excellent game. Who Who starts game one against Boston in the American League Division Series? Like who's the, who? I guess you have to go with Felix, right? You just by his track record and. Well, and that's going to be on the right. That's going to be in Boston too. That's tough. Yeah. That's so, not a start I want to make. Yeah. So the, the real strength of the Mariners is they have some good hitters. They have a pretty decent offense, and they have an excellent closer. Edwin Diaz is one of the best closers. I think he's probably leading the leagues or uh, leading the AL in saves this year. But they he just bolstered their bullpen with somebody as well. Um, Seattle did, but they're they're pretty solid bullpen wise, and they have one of the best closers in the American League. So oh, there's no doubt he has is so no so they can that. compete. They can compete in a in a potential one game wild card. So with New York, and if you beat New York, then you, well, like, what kind of uh, Marco rotation Gonzalez, are you going to put up? Yeah. He has more wins. He's leading their team with 12 wins. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. He's been a beast, and no one, nobody really knows about him. Wade LeBlanc, he's the one that, remember when I was talking to you about, I was going to pick him up, but Brian already picked him up, and his drunken stupor when we were on vacation. We got lucky and made a good pickup. He's 6-1 and one with a 351 ERA. So, I mean, that's not, like, a, a very big sample size to really look at. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd imagine that he would kind of come ERA back down. And the threes is pretty good and anything Especially, I feel like an AL. Really a, a, an AL pitcher that has a 350 ERA is not as good as an AL pitcher. With yeah, for the same ERA. reason we talked about the DH spot. You're trading yeah. a pitcher who's generally easy to strike out and pad your numbers with. That's why it's crazy about sale. And all his strikeouts because, you know, he still deals with the DH. He's not in the National League where he can, you know, throw almost anything and strike out a pitcher. What are your thoughts on moving the DH to the NL? Are you for that or against that? I, I, I used to be against it, but now I'm kind of for it because pitch. it's so rare to find guys like Bumgarner, like Mike Leake, Hitter, that's why like Grinky re-signed in the NL because he wanted to hit. But that's my question too. Like I get it. I get that it, it from a like if you're looking at a ticket sales and a, a revenue and getting like interest in baseball, I understand moving it. But at the same time, I don't know, like I feel like I'm just it's always been that way. Like, but you know, how does it work? Because everybody the best hitter on most little league teams, college teams, are pitchers. Yeah. How does that work to where once they, they come to the... That's always been my question. How do they just stop doing that? Yeah. Like, they just stop focusing. Like, you've been... You've had to exactly what you every said. single lineup every the time best you pitcher, pitch your yeah. entire career. The best pitcher is always one of your best hitters. Yeah. Period. They're just a better athlete than everybody else. So, what happens from college to the pros where you just, like, stop picking up a bat? Yeah. So, then, like, that's my question, too, is what if they get rid of the DH, period? Pitchers have to start hitting again. 
And I feel like we're at the point in baseball where you're getting like the same thing with like the NBA and the NFL where your athletes are getting better and better. So why can't a pitcher hit? And then also from the on the flip side of that is that also speeds the game up a little bit too. Yeah. If you've got a pitcher up there because they're generally not having super long at bats, you know what I'm saying? It does, but pitchers are frail little things made of glass. Who was and it? Wainwright what, that tore his Achilles, Achilles no, attendant? No, Tanaka. Just this year, he's on my team or whatever, and he he pulled both hamstrings while running the bases. While I remember that. Pulled both hamstrings. And he but was that's out the thing like, too is I don't know three weeks to a month. But he can't have any sort of like pregame regimen for for swinging a bat and running. No, because like he's in the American he's, League. Yeah, he's not he's not built to run like that. Yeah, even covering first base, he's not running as far as he would home the first. But that's the thing too is like if you get rid of the DH altogether and they have to hit, you've got to take a little bit more time to focus on on the the hitting aspect of it and getting your body stretched out and stuff like that too. Okay. But I think that that would definitely speed the game up a little bit. But I also, I think that just the NL, I think that there's more strategy-based, like, when it comes to stuff like that. Like, obviously, I am not a pro manager, but, like, even, like, playing a baseball game. When I'm playing Irv, he's a Yankees fan. So, like, if we play and he's the home team, he's got the DH, so I don't have to worry about pitching changes. I don't have to worry about if I've got, like, even in a real-life scenario, it's a big difference in – your number nine guy coming up for the Red Sox with a runner on second, third, you down one run. Yeah. As opposed to, like, if I'm watching a Braves game and, like, let's say that Newcomb's throwing a hell of a game and it's the seventh inning, you're down one nothing. you've got a runner on second base with no outs. Do you pull him or do you keep him in and let him pitch? Is that one run going to matter in the long run if you take him out and your bullpen blows up? You know, I think it adds a different – a different strategy to the game that NL teams have as opposed to AL teams. Yeah, and I do appreciate that, but I just I don't I don't know if they'll they'll move that. But I think that uh, I've and read there aren't a lot of great pitch hitters in the National League. A pitch hitter is not it's usually like a, a utility guy or something. Yeah, but you don't really have someone on your bench just to pitch hit. No. So and even like you look at guys that are playing really well in an everyday lineup like. And I'm going to use Ryan Flaherty as an example for the Braves. At one, like the first month of the season, he was leading the league in batting average, and then the Braves started letting giving Johan Camargo a chance, which for good reason they should. And what third base? Yeah, yeah. And now Flaherty's numbers like have gone to to shit because he's not playing every day. But like yeah. you look at a guy like Charlie Culberson, who comes in and like has an amazing two games filling in for uh, Albies because he's injured, and it's like. There are certain guys that are like that, I think. There are certain guys that need to play every day to excel and really, like, get into the groove or something like that. And there are certain guys that, like, you pinch hit them every two or three days and play them, you know, wherever they're, they're used to playing for a few innings, and they can excel there too. Yeah. I think it's it's just like the thing with, like, how a closer's mentality is. I think that you have to have that mentality – to, to be able to come off the bench, like to not play for nine innings and yeah. come in an extra innings game or, yeah, you know, not play for six innings. Yeah. And a guy that's used to starting all the time is just always used to being ready, I guess. So when you sit them down or turn them into like a utility role, if it's like some veteran or something like that, you're, like you're you know, probably not going to get a whole lot out of them. Yeah. And it's rare when you do. So is that is that what your pick is? You picking the Red Sox? So I have this, all right, so – I have the division winners as Boston, Cleveland, and Houston. I think we already talked about that. Yeah. 
the wild card I had of it is New York, and I hadn't really decided, but I'm going with Seattle. So that makes the playoffs in the American League. Boston versus the winner of the wild card, who would be New York and Seattle, and then Cleveland against Houston, with Houston having the better record and having um, the home field advantage, I guess, in that series, that five-game series. So wild card, I, I, I like I like Severino a lot, and I think he's a he's maybe a little underrated because he hasn't been great for a long time. Yeah, he but really I think just that started can, last year. He became really dominant last year, like midseason. He became dominant, so he's one of those guys too that but he's I feel not like used the to Yankees pitching. played in the wild card game last year against Minnesota, and he pitched in that game. And wasn't great, but the Yankees still won that game. Yeah. So I like to think that even Severina, unless, you know, Paxton has the game of his life or, you know, the, the Mariners' offense gets really hot, you have to – I like New York's offense over Seattle. I, so that, that, make, that puts Boston with the home field advantage against the Yankees in a five-game series, which sounds awesome. First Sounds off. like a, yeah, fun to watch. So in the ALCS, I have Houston against Boston because of that reason we talked about earlier. Is that if Severino pitches that wild card game, like what game does he get to pitch in the ALC? And he's only going to get to pitch once in that series in the ALCS. Yeah, because of the wild card game. So that's game three, four, maybe. So I, I don't know where the Yankees stand with their starting pitching at that point. But you made a pretty good point about the bullpen, and the Yankees definitely hold the advantage in the bullpen, and they have a couple dudes or a lot of people that are used that have postseason experience. All those guys Chapman's were there last year. The yeah, Chapman won a World Series for the Britain, Cubs. Britain hasn't. Robertson pitched for the Yankees yeah, in the postseason. But Tances is just filthy. Yeah. So so that I, I, that gives them the advantage for the bullpen. And the Yankees may have a better offense. So, me taking Boston in the first round of the ALDS over the Yankees is kind of – it's tough to do. But Boston – I like the fact that if Severino has to pitch, then the Yankees starters aren't as deep as Boston starters. I just – with everything – Boston has Kimbrell who's I, – I don't know about their middle bullpen though. Like leading up to Kimbrell – if you get a guy like David Price, is David Price really going to throw eight innings and you get one inning out of Kimbrell? I feel like with Price, I feel no like way. he's at that stage where it's like he's going to either give you like – he's going to show you that dominant stuff or he's going to get shelled. But he's he's the kind of guy who – he's like that wily veteran now. Hasn't he been historically bad at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I would think so. Like it's just – I don't know. I think – I agree with you. I think the Red Sox win the division. I think the Yankees win the wild card. I think, dude, I just, I feel like the A's are still there with the wild card, and they just got uh, familiar, right? Yeah. From the Mets. Yeah. Like, with, with China now. Yeah. Like they've they got, have Trevino, too, who's nice. They've got, they've got, you know, a very good closer in Familia setting up. Yeah. And they've got China, who's been, like I said, he's got, like, what, a one point, when, when we looked, a 1.03 ERA, .96 whip. Like, the dude's been filthy. And I like not. the fact that Trinan has been the closer there since he got traded from the from Nationals. The Nationals but right? they got Familia, who's been a closer for a long time now, yeah. a while now. I actually, and he's definitely. There's no question as to who the actual closer on that team is. It's Trinan. 
yeah. even with picking up Familia, like it's pretty much set that he's in a setup role for Trinan oh, yeah. in that spot. That's the thing. That's how like, good Trinan is. I didn't even think about that till I was mowing my grass earlier. The Nationals had Trinan. They picked up Papelbon, who wanted to close. They made him the closer. Completely, it was not good. Completely ruined any confidence Trinan had, and they got rid of him in the offseason the next year. Yeah. Think about how good the Nationals would be right now if they had kept Trinan and not messed with Papelbon, because that was the year that Papelbon and Harper had that blow up in the dugout when uh, – when Papabon made that yeah. comment yeah. to him about him not like running down the bases or whatever, they ended up choking each other in the bullpen. But that's what I was going to say about the Yankees is they just had that blow up between well, wasn't it Severino and uh, Gary Sanchez in yeah. the dugout about yeah. that pop up. Yeah. And then Sanchez dogs it down the line to to lose him that game after he didn't run that. He said he couldn't find the ball behind home plate, didn't hustle, gives up the run after he makes a bad throw to the plate. And then he dogs it down the line. Then all of a sudden he's on the DL. Like I don't, I I don't know enough to say that they're like protecting him by putting him on the DL. But it could be. It's it looked really really bad for him and for the Yankees the way that he ran down the line and stuff like that. I don't that. know. Like, maybe, maybe not because it doesn't really seem like the Yankees have settled for second place in the East yet. Even no, with they've they've the, bolstered their bullpen. I mean, they're yeah, trying to make with, moves. Even with Judge going down, like I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to fight to win the division. Yeah. Because of that, the, the you know the 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 questions, the probability that's added into that extra game and that one game. You know, anybody can win. Kind of you know mentality, and it's not a, it's not a series. So they probably don't want to. You know, I'm sure they don't want to play. Even though they did last year, and they beat the Twins. They don't want to. They don't want to do that again. Dude, that sure. one game, like you don't put that much like prominence on it because it's one game. But I still remember. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it was a year the Braves played. Was it 2013? I think when the Braves played the Cardinals. I think it was bases loaded, pop up to shallow left field. They called the infield fly rule. Yeah. The Braves lost, and they yeah. haven't made the playoffs since. Like, that one game to me stands out in my mind because we haven't been back for the playoffs since. So, moving to the NL then. In the NL East, Phillies are a game and a half in front of the Braves at 58 and 47. I I don't know what the Nats are going to do. Two days left in the trade deadline. I don't know what they're going to do. A lot of that talk about trading Harper and everything. I've seen him talking about trading Herrera. I don't know what they're going to do, but I just I don't want to see the Nationals win the NL East. I think that I think the Phillies have a better pitching staff than the Braves right now. Like I think they've got some really good young pieces with like Pavetta. I think I mean he struggled, but Nola he's Eflin's right there. Been good too. Eflin's been good. They yeah. they have Arietta. You know what you're going to get out of Arietta. Yeah. Um, I think that the Phillies are going to win the NL East though. Like, I think that they're going to win that. Um, I think their bullpen's been mismanaged a little bit because I think that Dominguez is their closer, but I think he should have been for longer, and he should be closing out more games than he really is. But I do think is they're young. They're really young. Yeah, especially the Phillies, the Phillies like, and the Braves are very young. But I, I think And I think that that matters – I think that matters long term. I think the Nats. I mean, I'm all, I'm almost at the point where I can cross the Nats out, as of you know them being. 
as, not as far back, but where they're at right now, I think both those teams, even though they're young, one of them is going to win the division. I really don't see the Nats catching both of them. I'm trying. But, 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 like, how? How are the Nats going to get hot? Strasburg's hurt again, and Doolittle's hurt right now, I think. Yeah. So, He's I, been really – he's been phenomenal out of the bullpen. Scherzer has been phenomenal, like, almost every game he's pitched. Um, I think that – I think the Braves and the Phillies are both a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, I think that – I'm I'm really happy the Phillies didn't get Machado after all the talk I saw about you know like the Phillies having guys in their front office from Baltimore that worried me it still worries me that next season they could potentially sign him because yeah. like it's just not it's not in the Braves makeup to make that blockbuster deal like the biggest deal we made was when we traded for uh, Justin Upton and we signed BJ Upton yeah okay and then that blew up in our faces. But yeah, BJ Hampton's not very good. I think that the Phillies, I think the Phillies win the East. Like I would, I want the Braves to win, obviously, but I think that the Phillies are are in a better spot to to win the East. Um, NL Central, I think, I, I don't know, man. Like it's just it's hard for me to root the Cubs out. Like the Brewers are good, but I can't see the Cubs not winning that division just with who they have. The last like, Lester's years. always a big game pitcher. They've got yeah. Rizzo, they've got Bryant. Javi Baez has had a really good year. Like, they've got some really good guys. Like, I don't care. Like, Jason Hayward, he's never going to do offensively like what everyone expected him to do. And I still remember when he first was with the Braves in a spring training game, I forget where they were playing, but he hit a bomb to right field that, like, went out of the stadium and hit, like, this shed or something like that. And everybody was just like, oh, my God, like, that's a bomb. He was never going to do that offensively, but defensively, you're getting every dollar you spend in him because he's one of the best. Like, gold glove right fielder. He's fantastic defensively. But I think that – I think it'll be a tight race between the, the Cubs and the Brewers. The Pirates, like, they're like, what, 7-3 the last 10 games? Like, they're still – like what we were talking about earlier with even losing Marte and um, – who else did they just get rid of? Uh, Cole yeah. to the Astros. Like, they're still – they're six and a half games out of the, of the lead in the NL Central. They're – Four games back of the wild card, so like it's still a tight chase, and they could they could still make it. But like Vasquez, he had I think the first game of the season he blew the save, and I like immediately like I drafted him as a closer, and I was just like immediately like oh shit I should have drafted him, dude. He's been lights out. He was the only person that made the that all star team for the Pirates. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't, Brewers, I don't think – The Brewers and the Cubs, like that's that's the real race right now. I think what one game separates the two. Half game. Half game. Or, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're at one game. Okay. 61-47 and for the Brewers and 60-44 for the Cubs. So, the Brewers – it's kind of that one – that thing where the Cubs have a, have a better rotation. They have better starters. But the Brewers have a dominant bullpen. And they just picked up, like you said – Soria. Soria. And that was a great Sox. pickup on my part for fantasy to and get him through a better been amazing. squad. Neville's been – Kind of up and down, but not recently more down than up. But the thing before that, like he he's been good. The thing that always blows my mind is like if you've got a guy like Hager, why don't you just make him the closer? Like I don't care what the because closer's he's the doing. fireman. Most closers are set up to just be like one inning guys. You have to have that Davinsky, that guy that like. In well, what the about Kimbrel? Like the Braves, they use Kimbrel in multiple, like more than three out save chances. I and yeah. I get you can't do it like multiple times a week, but if you've got like I would trust 
Craig Kimbrell to go out and throw two innings. Yeah. I would trust, you know, like Jansen or somebody like that. Like, I don't trust Chapman because that's just – you could expose him with his walks and stuff yeah. like that and the, the wildness that he has. But it's – I mean, the Brewers pretty – Joe Kimsoria, he's been good for years and years and years. Like, maybe never, like, necessarily the best closer in baseball, but he's always right there and talks. Like, back when he was with the Tigers, yeah. he was always, like, solid every year. And then he went to the White Sox, and the White Sox clearly are are terrible. Um, but I think that – I think the Cubs win that division. I think that even if the Cubs don't win the division, I think it's Brewers and Cubs that get the top wild card spot and the division spot. Okay. Um like the Cardinals, we were talking about them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn it around, especially with like, like I said, like Ozuna. Did you say homer again today? Yeah. So maybe he's gonna get like that's what I've been banking on all season. Like with him being my keeper in fantasy, is he's been very slow. Eleven home runs before today. His last home run was like June eleventh. Like that's stupid for a guy of his potential. And it's not like he jumped from NL to AL like Stanton did. He went from the Marlins to the Cardinals. Like, he should be familiar with the NL teams. Yeah. I'm hoping that he pulls it around, but, like, the way that Carpenters took off, like, those, his numbers are stupid. Yeah, the way that he's Rizzo been homer, too, in that game tonight. Did, did you see his bomb the other night, that 453-foot home run he hit? No, but that's pretty Dude, silly. Dude, bomb. Just fucking crushed it. Um, NL West is obviously, I think, I mean – is, I, that, is that the most like fun division? Maybe it has to be. Like yeah. I think. I mean, but, I don't know. But the if necessarily, East is pretty close, right? The the, the East NL is East. close, but the West is even closer than the East because the Dodgers are only a half game up on the D-backs, and the Rockies are a game back of the Dodgers. Yeah, everybody so expects think, them to pull away the Dodgers, right? Because yeah. they just have Machado, and I don't, I don't know that those other teams. Like I'm, everybody's waiting for the Rockies to break out. I feel and, like we've been waiting on the Rockies. To yeah, break out for years, forever. exactly. And I think that they made the uh, wild card game last year, and they're eight and two in their last ten games. Like they're they're hot right now. They might have played the the Diamondbacks in the wild card game last year. Like that division. I don't is, either. Yeah, I don't either. But the Dodgers have been good, man, and both those teams. Yeah, Rockies to, played the Diamondbacks in the yeah, wild card so round three, and lost 11 Three eight. teams from that division made the, the postseason last year. I don't see it happening this year. The Brewers are too good this year, I think, for that to happen. Because they're right now the wild card stacks up with Milwaukee. They're a game they're but they're only a game and a half ahead of Arizona for the second wild card spot. And then Colorado's a half game back. Atlanta's one and a half games back. Like I just I think that the Dodgers take that division, especially with getting Machado. I think they win that filled that hole for Seager yeah. and upgraded them. If Kershaw stays healthy, like I don't doubt that they win the division. Um, I think that that second wild card spot, I think it'll be Arizona. I just think that Arizona's too good. Unless, like, if the Braves can somehow – like I think what the Braves have to do, and I've said this since the beginning of the year, they have to get a front-line starter. Like, Fulte is, is on that cusp of being that yeah, guy. Yeah, need an ace. Newcomb's probably a year away from being really good consistently yeah. if he can figure out how to control his changeup and whatnot. But I just see – I see the Brewers – I see the Brewers and Cubs coming out of the NL Central. Okay. And I see the Dodgers and I want to say probably the Diamondbacks. And I think – I don't know. I would take 
I'd say Milwaukee wins the wild card over Arizona. Okay. And I think that who pitches against Granky in that game though for Milwaukee? That's a big question. Is it, so it, it's like you said, do they do they get some guy that goes like four innings and then they transition into Hater for like at least two, maybe but three that's the, innings? That's the interesting thing is even and if then it, you get Soria and then you get Nebel or something like that. That's not asking got, a whole lot out of a no. starter. But that's the thing too. Like in the NL is like in the AL, you can pretty much map that out. You know what's going to happen unless your guy gets shelled. You don't have to worry about the matchups and stuff like that. But like yeah. that's what can change an NL game is what if Granke is pitching very well, but it's you know let's say he's giving up two runs, two nothing, fifth inning. You've got runners on second, third with one out. Do you pull him? Arizona's bullpen is not as good as Milwaukee's. So that adds into it too. You have I couldn't to even tell Greinke you who's closing for the Diamondbacks. Right uh, now. Maybe uh, Brad Boxberger. Boxberger. That uh. They have what, Archie about Bradley. Right. I don't know if he's healthy. He's a setup guy. He's their bullpen's not. Great. I can't like he's one of those guys like he. I'm if I'm not mistaken, Archie Bradley came from the Braves. Yeah. In that Shelby Miller deal. Okay. Yeah. And he just – he never panned out as a starter. They moved him to the bullpen, I think. Yeah. So, he's been he's been one of those guys, like, more like a Davinsky where he's getting, like, a ton of, like, fantasy points because he's pitching. Um, and even a guy like that that pitches two or three innings, you could pitch him every three days where it's not yeah. like a starter where you can only pitch him every five. Yeah. Like, that, that, that adds a lot of value, too. We're, uh, we're about to hit our hour mark. So, I guess we wrap up. Talking about who are, you, who are you picking to win the World Series? Um, who do you think makes it out of the NL? Then I think if, if it ends up that way, you go who Dodgers, Dodgers play. I like Houston over Boston. I like Houston. Against, I think I agree. I think Houston is going to make it back to the World Series. Yeah. I think they're just like with Bregman. They're a notorious like second half team, and I feel like they've got some good leadership in there. Like, even if McCann's not healthy. I'd love to have Brian McCann still in the Braves clubhouse just for, like, a leadership role as a veteran guy. They've got some guys with really good experience, like Altuve. We all forget that Altuve's been in the league for how long, yeah. playing as well as he has for how yeah. long. I think that the Astros make it to the to the World Series. But the NL's tough. I don't trust the Dodgers to make it back again, even with Machado. Yeah. But I don't trust the Diamondbacks to do anything really – if anybody has to start other than Zach Granke. So, I don't know. I could take the Cubs. I've always liked Tywan Walker. But yeah. He's, is he done for the year? What was his injury? I don't know. I don't I know when, what the last was. when he pitched was. But I like the Cubs. I like the Astros and the Cubs in the World Series. That's honestly what I was going to say. Like I think that I think that the Cubs, they're just they're too good of a team. To not make it back to the World Series, I don't think that they'll beat the Astros. I think, I think in that, that division, Astros as again. well as the Dodgers, if they end up winning out, like they'll be battle tested too. The Cubs will. So if they could stay healthy, like I like their young talent. They have, you know, they have Baez, they have Rizzo, they have Bryant, they have, you know, Contreras, who's a good catcher, yeah. and Schwarber, who's I I don't know up and down sometimes, but I they feel have like the a thing lot of young Schwarber, has been hurt and he just hasn't been able to play consistently. Yeah. For that, for any extended amount of time. So, I think that hurts them. But so, they I think have a lot of young talent. They usually have a pretty good bullpen and decent starters, veterans, young guys, stuff like that. 
So, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Cubs in a seven-game series over probably the Dodgers in the NL season. Yeah, but I think once you get to the Astros and the Astros starting pitching, like, who, who's going to beat? Exactly. you got to beat Verlander, Cole, like that right there. Like what we were talking about when it was Schilling and Randy Johnson. That's a hard one-two punch to yeah. beat right there. And we're, we're going to have to uh... – all right, so we were discussing uh, Astros and having the big one-two punch in uh, Verlander and Cole. I just I, – man, the Astros are too good. Like I just don't see them not winning the World Series again. Yeah. Yeah, but I think their only real challenge is going to come out of the American League. So I think that if they, I think no if they doubt. can get past Boston in the ALCS. Red Sox, Red Sox or Astros, whoever wins, will probably wins win the, the whole thing. Yeah, like period. I agree. So we need to uh, we need to talk about uh, who we're going to pick for awards. Okay. So, so I'll start in the American League. So we're doing the – Rookie of the Year, we're also doing the MVP and the Cy Young. So starting with the MVP in the American League, I, I there's really only like three candidates here, and it's Trout, it's Betts, and it's Jose Ramirez. So of the three – Completely agree. Yeah, so of the three, I'm going to take Trout because Trout is the best player in the league. He probably has been for a few years now at least, but – he leads the American League in on-base percentage, and he has a slugging that's 606, 25 home runs. As of today, he's 20 of 21 in steals. He so plays, I didn't know that. He stat. plays center field, which Ramirez – I mean, Ramirez plays in the infield, which is extremely valuable, but Betts is a right fielder. Yeah, I think that so, hurts too. So defensively, Trout is more valuable. He, as of today, has a an OPS over a thousand, and his WRC plus is one ninety one. So those are very difficult numbers to beat over an and if entire looking, season. If you're looking at WAR, his WAR is one point higher than Jose Ramirez. Which is seven point eight to six point eight to really look at it from there. Which is but this is because question. of the season that Jose Ramirez has had. <clears throat> yeah. But I think that Trout defensively, I mean, he's just like that. I think that's a big difference between Trout and Harper is everyone talks about Trout because he can do everything exceptionally well. The only thing that anyone, like, harped on him about at the beginning of his career was his arm. And he's done everything he can to improve his arm strength. Like, he's <clears throat> always hitting for a higher average than than Harper. He's healthier. He's been healthier than Harper. I think last year was the only year that he's really got hurt. So, but this is my question for you about when you're talking MVP. Do you, and I'm not saying like everybody. Do you personally do you put weight or like I guess put stock in overall team record? Do you think that Mookie Betts, like I'll just use him because you have him ranked second in your your voting, right? Right. You have him second to Trout. Correct. Do you think that he's more valuable because of the the year that Boston's having, or is Bet's more valuable because his team is better. And I guess you no, also more valuable, do I you think. weight that with like when you look at cuz immediately like when when I look at the Angels the only person that stands out to me other than Mike Trout is Andrelton Simmons. Yeah. Because he's I don't I have said this for years best glove at shortstop Correct. possibly in baseball period and, last and now year started hitting for Yeah, power. and now his offense is coming around. Not not just hitting for power, he's also hitting for like a better average and stuff like that too. But 
that's the only name that pops into my head. And you, I don't think you can put from a, a from an offensive number standpoint. Standpoint, I don't think that you even even put him anywhere near like a JD Martinez. And Martinez has what thirty two home runs. Yeah. So like, if you take what happens to Mookie, but Martinez is a notoriously horrible defensive. Agree. And I'm not saying like him in the MVP race. I'm saying. What do Mookie Betts, what does his numbers look like if you remove J.D. Martinez from that lineup? Is he as dangerous without J.D. Martinez? And vice versa, what happens if you put Mike Trout by in front of J.D. Martinez? Well, who, who does – okay, so we could talk about J.D. Martinez, but who, do, who does the Angels have that even matches the numbers that Ben Attendee has? And Ben Attendee generally – I don't know, Betts leads off a lot, but Ben Attendee hits high in the lineup too. So, Martinez is a better numbers power guy than Ben Attendee is even. So, that, that's the argument for me with Trout in the AL is who, other than Trout and Simmons, like who do they have that can provide solid offense, speed on the bases? They, they don't have anybody. See, I think, like my vote, I think the way that, like just with the pennant races and everything shaping up, I think that Jose Ramirez is more valuable than Mookie Betts. See, I think you could make that argument because out because of the the Indians have an excellent pitching staff, right? So they have Clevenger who's been good, they have Bauer who's been lights out. Yeah, out of his mind, and they have Kluber who they call the Klubot because he's automatic. So you have those three guys, and in the last couple of years, not so much this year, like Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, like good relievers, good bullpen, like Cody, you know, Andrew, or sorry, Andrew Miller is that guy that you want that's that Davinsky type, that's that two or three left-handed, so yeah. not a lot of people can deal with that. And he's similar to like Chapman with his pitch, his pitch selection. Like that's the thing I hated about him and Chapman pitching together was you're getting a righty and a lefty with the exact same repertoire, basically. They've got high heat, that they can throw almost 100, and they've got a slider that they throw, like, 90. Yeah. So, they, I think they were very similar pitchers. But I think, yeah, I think Trout but wins the MVP. But the Indians, outside of Ramirez and Lindor, who are you scared of in their lineup? And that's why I don't see them going past the first round of the playoffs because it's like, if who, other do, than Ramirez and, and Lindor, who are both top 10 war players this year, yeah. both of them. And they're Lindor's both – Lindor's – Tied for six with, uh, like, if you're talking, like, with pitchers included. Yeah, Lindor's he's a tied freak for, for six a shortstop. It was oh, just, yeah. like, one year he just decided, like, I'm going to hit for power yeah. and I'm going to, what do they call it, elevate and celebrate, where you raise your launch angle yeah. and try to swing harder so your exit velocity is higher and you're more likely to hit home runs. So Lindor, like, switched up his swing last year. I think it was, like, near the beginning of last yeah, year. Last he was year striking out really started more, putting up. which was the problem. But this year, like, he's – He's, he's put up power numbers, and, and that's tough to find at shortstop. So outside of those two guys, that's the problem that I see with the Indians because they have a good staff. Their bullpen has been their weakness this year, and they just cleared that up with Brad Hand and, yeah. what, Simber. So I, I feel like that they could excel. You know, They've already won their division practically, so that's really a joke. And yeah, it's not even a race at this point. But that's what's going to hold them back is their line. Nobody's scared of their lineup outside of Ramirez and Lindor. They're really not. I have. I I would take Trout when in the AL MVP. I think that Ramirez is second, followed by Betts. Just because, like I said, Betts has so much protection in that lineup. And I didn't even talk about Benintendi. Um, who you got for rookie of the year? I have. Um, see, this is. 
it, 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 there's a variable involved, and that is I have Otani, but that's only if he ends up pitching at some point for the rest of the year. So I think I saw that he has nine starts so far this year before he got hurt. He's still hitting his OPS right now with a 365 on base percentage and a 522 slugging is 887, which is very solid, which is very solid. Um, when I think the average is between you're 700 saying, and 750. But you're saying if he if, if he, he doesn't, doesn't pitch, pitch, it goes to uh, Torres. Torres. It goes to Torres because he plays a a tough defensive position in second base, and his OPS is 905. So that I mean that's ridiculous. His on base percentage is a little bit lower than Otani's, but his slugging is higher, which means he hits for more power and gets on error, gets uh, more, <coughs> more more total bases. I agree so, with you. The only thing that I hate about Otani is like I've always had a problem with guys getting rookie of the year when they've played professionally other places. Like I understand that no matter where you're playing, it's not going to be as competitive as the like MLB. That's true. But he's, he's still not, pretty young. Yeah, though. but he's he is young too. But a lot of those guys that they come over are you know late twenties. Did Ichiro win rookie of the year? I think so. Yeah, I, I think don't so know too. That for sure. Yeah, I don't but, either. Like, but that's the same case. But that's not he obviously was a fantastic hitter. No matter where you put, he him. had over a thousand hits already in Japan. I think yeah. before he even came over and still yeah. played. I don't know. He finally retired this year, but yeah, but still was good. Cannon arm, you know, five tool guy. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on rookie of the year there. So Cy Young, I have Chris Sale over uh, Verlander and Bauer because um, I don't know. I think he's earned it, and I think it's mostly strikeouts. I mean, he has good win loss, but win loss doesn't mean much to me, at least as far as Cy Young goes, because you can't. You can't control what your offense does. You just go out there and you pitch. In the American League, to have, I mean, he struck out 13.1 strikeouts per nine innings is his ratio, which would be the second highest ever behind Randy Johnson in 2001 had 13.4. So that, I mean, he's striking out even over seven innings. That's like 11 strikeouts is his average, which is, is ridiculous. Did you ever watch Randy Johnson pitch in person? No, not in person. I, went I did see Kurt Schilling pitch in person. Though. I went to one game. It was a Reds game when they played the Astros when he was with the Astros. That guy stood out like a sore thumb. You could pick him out in anybody. That was the fast. Like, I don't know the time, but to me, that was the fastest baseball game I've ever been to with him pitching on the mound. Like, it was crazy to watch him do that. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, Sale, he's pitched fantastic this year. Like, the strikeouts alone, like, he's so I think he finally went it this year. Does he not have one yet? No, he doesn't. Because no, Verlander has what four? Does he have three or four? Three, I think. I think three. I think, man. If but um, I said that earlier was that there's two other active pitchers on that Red Sox rotation that have won a Cy Young, and Chris Sale is not one of them. When he's far and away the best pitcher yeah. in their rotation, which is just I don't know. I think it's wrong, and I think it gets fixed this year. So, well, I don't think. I mean, Severino struggled. I have him in Kluber four and five. Four and five, yeah. I think uh, I think NL MVP. I think Freeman wins. Like I just, I think he finally gets the due that he's deserved. Plus, he's put together a full season. Yeah, he hasn't got hurt. He hasn't had a fluke. Like he didn't get hit in the wrist and and fractured wrist. Like he was on pace. Like I called it last year before he got hurt. Like before at the draft when we drafted our fantasy baseball draft. I said Freeman was going to win the MVP, and then he got hit in the wrist, fractured it, missed all that time. Even when he came back, his numbers were still good, but his power dropped off. 
because of his wrist. I think that he wins. I think that – I don't know, man. It's hard to – like Aaron Otto, obviously, like we were talking about him earlier. Um, I don't know if if he finishes – I think he's – I have him at third behind Lorenzo Cain. Okay. Just because of how good the Brewers have been this yeah. year too. He's been really good though too. Yeah. Um, he's excellent defensively. Yeah, and, he, and that's the too. thing too is like I think that all three of these guys too are very good defensively. I think yeah. that Freeman wins the gold glove this year first. Kane's a gold glove outfielder. Arenado's clearly, I think, the best third baseman defensively in baseball, even over Machado if he's playing at third. It doesn't mean a lot, but it definitely means something defensively yeah. because that gets, I don't know, that gets put on the back burner a lot, like how good a guy is defensively, how many runs saved they have yeah. in that position. But it is it is a big deal, and it definitely should go into effect as far as MVP voting goes. It really should. I agree. 100%. And I think, like, you're looking at all these guys, like, Rockies are right on the cusp of, of being a playoff team. Like, they're right there. I think, what, a game back? Um, Braves are a game and a half back, and the Brewers are, like, a half game back or something, whatever we said. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – and it, even in those guys, you can't, like, take, like, team performance over that. But I think just consistently over, like, an entire body of work, Freeman has been consistent. Like, I think he's got – 66 RBI, 17 home runs this year. Like, he's not going to hit you 40 home runs ever. Yeah. I think that where he's at in his career, I think he's going to hit over 30 for four or five years, and then he'll go back to, like, 20 to 30. But he's always going to be that guy that's going to get you close to 100 RBI. He's going to have a 300-plus batting average. Vada. Yeah. Except he does. I don't think he walks. I don't think he's going to walk as much. Vada's just But he's faster and a better yeah. base runner. Yeah, and I think that – I think Vado is not, like – Terrible defensively, but I think I would take He's Freeman. He's probably not elite, yeah. I'd take Freeman. Freeman's definitely elite. I think I want him, I think he wins the, the gold glove this year. Now, for rookie of the year, I mean, I think it's got to be Soto for the Nationals. Like, the dude just – he's raking. And the thing that impresses me, and similar to Freeman, is the ability to take the ball to left center field. Like, as a left-handed hitter, to be able – if you can drive the ball, especially at his age, at 19 years old, hit the ball to left center field – what happens in, I mean, the way he's developing, it could be this year. But, like, let's say in two years when he learns to pull the ball whenever he wants to, how do you stop him? You can't so, shift him because he hits to left center field. Exactly. So, as a, Nationals, as a Nationals fan, like this year, if you're a Nats fan for whatever reason, like, outside of, like, Juan Soto, what does your team have to be – well, I mean, what do you have to look forward to? He's, he's definitely the, the biggest story for that team, and he's really, like, the only thing to be hopeful about or to be – I think like, you have Scherzer, Scherzer optimistic and Soto. About with their That's record, yeah. with their projections coming into the season, they're supposed to pretty much easily think, win the East, and now and they're yeah. not – they don't even look like they're really in it. You know, they're below Nobody's even like, I don't think they're going to win the wild card. Right, so... I think you have Scherzer and Soto. Those are your, your two lines. I think that they're still... They can still be a dangerous team because you got people like Daniel Murphy who have proven that they can win when it matters, but Murphy's not... He's not 100%. He's either. been the brightest spot for that whole team all year, though. Maybe Max Scherzer, you could say, with, like... But everyone knew he was good. He's just been yeah. as good as... I just read he's he eclipsed 200 strikeouts, I think, for the seventh season in a row. And I think the record record's nine. Wow. And he's, what, 30... It was his 34th birthday okay. the other day. So, I mean, you think about it. Even if he... I think he could do it for two more years. Yeah. Like, the dude's nasty. 
Um, I so think he that two hundred strikeouts. This him week. and Sale did it. I think the same day. I think they both did it uh, yesterday. And there's still like fifty plus games to play. I think they probably have. Without looking it up, I think they probably have both started about probably twenty two games somewhere in that that mark. So they probably have at least eight starts left. Eight so both, to ten. Both those guys like can get close to uh, three hundred. I think Sale will eclipse three hundred for sure. I mean, if Scherzer. The way he's gone, I, I don't see why he couldn't do it, but I think that sales. It would be hard spot. not to vote for Scherzer or <clears throat> Cy Young if he does that. Well, I I mean, but DeGrom's numbers, like he's done it for a team that's not even in the race, but DeGrom's numbers, I think that just numbers-wise, if you don't look at team performance or anything like that, like you have to give it to DeGrom. But if you start taking in team play and everything, yeah. I think that Scherzer wins. But I have DeGrom, Scherzer, and then Nola in the NL Cy Young. But I think that uh, the rookie of the year, obviously, like for runner-up, is Ronald Acuna Jr. I think that I think that Acuna is better overall. Like, I think he's faster. I think defensively he'll be better. But I think that... I think Soto is going to just be a better offensive threat than Acuna is. But, dude, watching Acuna hit is fun to watch, especially seeing some of his, like, exit velocity numbers and stuff yeah. like that. He's just mashing the ball. Yeah. If he, but that's the thing, too, is, like, he's been hurt this year, too, a little bit, too, so that's diminished some of his numbers. But I think that's fair if he finishes out the season and is healthy and puts up, I don't know, 100 more plate appearances at least, something like that. I mean, they're saying, like, Acuna, his his speed's top of the line and stuff like that, and I've been very yeah, impressed, think, yeah, like, watching him. Appearances. Yeah. But the thing that I thought was really interesting when looking at Soto's numbers were his uh, his OPS, I think. No, OPS. Um, uh, what's that was? What's the, the weighted runs? WRC plus. Yeah, WRC plus. Average, like, league average is 100. Yeah. He's, like, the only player – to, like, to hit that number. Like, when you're talking the modern era, the only person that did anything close to what he's doing is Bryce Harper. And I think his was, like, 120 or something like that. And when I looked, like, a couple weeks ago, Soto's was, like, 190. Yeah. So, like, and he's 19 years old. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that's crazy about it all is he's 19 years old. He is. He's Bryce Harper's age when he came up. But he's playing better. Yeah. And imagine if he does that consistently. He's hitting over, I think, 300 right now. As a as a nineteen year old, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. He's the the he really is the lone bright spot on that team. So yeah, like I said, him and him and Scherzer. That's all you have to look forward to as a Nats fan. Yeah, which is sad because everybody expected. I don't know Strasburg to be more. Everybody expects Strasburg but to Strasburg, be more. He just needs but to stay he's healthy. Hurt. Yeah, he can't but stay healthy. He took too long coming back. Like the ever, you know, he didn't come into the season healthy. But he's been – it's been kind of slow revving up for him. Zimmerman at first is – I don't even know what happened to him after the explosive season he had He last had year. a fantastic first half and then kind of started yeah. to go on the decline. And I think he's one of those guys, too, that he's just never healthy for, and all the way for an entire season. But it is – it's nice to see someone young like him on that team with Turner and Rendon and Harper – like what that team could be when everyone's healthy is – I mean, they've got some guys, like I said, like I've – a lot of this stuff, like Rendon, I told you a couple years back that Rendon will be one of the best, like third baseman offensively in the league. He's held true to that. 
everybody knew how good Turner was just because he's of his speed yeah. and the abilities. Like, he's solid defensively. He's got a good bat. But that speed is what kind of separates him from, yeah. from other guys. But that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about Acuna's. I think that, that Soto is going to be that guy that comes in and he's going to hit. He'll probably hit 40 home runs before Acuna does. But Acuna will be that guy that gets you like he's better defensively. Yeah, twenty twenty or yeah, like he'll get you stolen bases. He'll get you the extra base hits that he'll get more so because of his speed and stuff like that. But um, let's talk about the trade deadline. Still got two days left. Yeah, your uh, your Red Sox responded with uh, Eovaldi after the uh, Yankees got Britain right. Yeah, like immediately after. Yeah, so I think that that definitely helps. And we were talking about they they have good starting, but it's not. I don't know that it's deep enough. So yeah, I don't know if it's if it's mainly a play to make sure that they hold off the Yankees in the regular season and win the division, so they don't have to play in that wild card game. Or is it more of 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 something they think they may have found a piece that they can use deeper in the playoffs and actually pitch in a game three or a game four of a seven-game series or a game, you know, three or something like that in, in a, a division series against, you know, a potential team like like the Yankees. Do you ever think maybe the Red Sox went after and got Eovaldi just so the Yankees couldn't? Because imagine if the Yankees add another guy like Eovaldi that can throw high 90s. What if you – I mean, and realistically, even in a playoff series, let's say that it's game three – and you've got Eovaldi going, you only need him to pitch five innings for you. Throw true. gas for five innings, turn it over to the bullpen, and it's game over. And that's true. And and the Red Sox, I'm looking at it now, they got Eovaldi on July 25th, and the Yankees got J.A. Happ on July 27th. So that was two days later, and I don't know if they wanted Eovaldi first, but... I think Hap's a pretty pretty respectable pickup. His numbers of he's kind of tailed yeah, off. He started off really year. hot at this year, the beginning of this year too, and then kind of he's tapered off. I didn't talk about Johnny Venters coming back to the Braves. Yeah, forgot all about that. You know, he's I think he's missed like five and a half years or whatever because of all the Tommy John surgeries <laughs> he's had. Happy to see him back. He was when we had him, and we had uh Oh, the other guy that they traded to uh, the Dodgers in that uh, Alex Wood deal. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. He was the only. He was ranked tenth the year before he started pitching poorly. He was ranked tenth as like tenth best reliever on MLB Network. He was the only one that was not a closer, and his name is slipping me right now for the life of me. I can't okay. remember what it was, but that was like the worst deal that the Braves had made when they got Hector Oliveira in that deal when he played like six games for us and then got that domestic violence dispute or whatever and they dropped him. That was terrible. Yeah. But yeah, they got him. They got Brad Brax. They're trying to sew up their bullpen a little bit like we were talking with uh, Vizcaino. Yeah, like so I just I don't know if I don't know I, I'm worried about his durability and that's what I've worried about with a lot of the Braves guys is durability. So just like reading through this, like we talked about the Brewers getting Soria. Yeah. I think that's a really good move for them to So pitchers like the Cubs got Cole Hamels. The Diamondbacks got Matt Andres to shore up their staff because I guess they think they're they could go deep. The Red Sox got Eovaldi and 
I can't believe the Red Sox gave up one player to the Rays for Eovaldi. Yeah. We didn't even give up anybody for Venters. That we Beeks gave up... is supposed to be okay, though. Jalen Beeks is yeah. his name. So he's some young, hot prospect, I think, or something. But it, it's all these teams that think that they're in it and stuff. They're they're all buyers. Like the Yankees getting Britain. Yeah. The Athletics got Familia. We talked about that earlier. The Indians got Hand and Simber. So they, I feel they, like that, they addressed yeah. a, a dire need for them, you know, on the pitching Part of things because their bullpen's not been good. No, period. And no, and I don't know why because they have yeah, Allen and Miller just hasn't been good this year, and I don't I'm know telling why. You, like I drafted Cody Allen, but like I've never drafted a closer as high as I drafted Cody Allen, and had so little confidence. I hate. Like I understand. I understand the way that baseball's going now with like it just started. I mean, I couldn't tell you who like did it first to really make it, like, matter like that. I want to say it was the Yankees with um, having Miller, Batances, and Chapman. Like, people all of a sudden realize, like, I can just close off the last three innings of the game by signing these guys. But, and from a fantasy aspect, it hurts you because it's like, well, if they've got Miller and Allen and they've got, Three lefties coming up. Are they going to use Allen just because he's the closer? Yeah. Or are they going to bring in Miller? It's like they're going to bring in Miller. And Cody Allen, he's just – I feel like he doesn't just blow a save. When he blows a save, like, he's giving up five runs. Yeah, that's nuts. And it's like, you just lost me, like, ten points. Like, yeah. How does that even happen? How did you have such a colossal break when you pitch one inning? Yeah, like, holy shit, man. Like, what did you do to me? I think that was a really good pickup for for the Indians. I yeah. think they gave up a good piece in in Mejia, but I think they're like we were discussing. There's too many variables. Like he's yes, he's a prime hitter at the catcher spot, but if he can't defensively handle that, then what what is his offensive value as like a first baseman? Yeah, is it the same? Because there's a big big difference in your top catcher hitting-wise and your yeah. top first baseman. Yeah, That's a no-brainer. So the but, Brewers got Moustakas and they got Soria. Yeah, I... So two, like, like Soria, I think... I, I'm not sold on Moustakas being a, a piece that's going to, like... They're saying they're, like, we're going to platoon him and stuff like that, too, but it's like, what... I mean, does that help him? Because, I mean, he's always been one of those guys that isn't nearly as good against lefties as he is right Yeah. So does that... Does that help him, or is he one of those? Excuse me, one of those guys that needs to to be playing every day. And that's one thing. Like I saw the Braves really tied to his name a lot, and I really, honestly, I didn't want him to make that deal because I think that like where we're at, like it's it's hard to not to not want them to win this year. Yeah. But also, I'm I've been a Braves fan for a long time. Like I didn't expect us to be in the position that we're currently in. I don't want us to go out and and give up three of our top prospects and get like Chris Archer or something like that. He would be that actually that rare case where you'd be okay with it because he's under control through like what 2021. Yeah. Like as not one of your higher paid guys, so the values there are like a Marcus Stroman or something like that. But I don't want them sacrificing future just to try to win this year. No. When they're on the cusp, they're not winning the division right now. So they're not – I mean, they don't have a comfortable lead if they were a division winner. So you're real – I mean, what are you fighting for? You're fighting 
you're close enough to the Phillies to where if you think you can make a big move, like you can win the division. But like you said, you're putting yeah, I don't want to too many chips in the pot for the rest of this year. Yeah. When you probably yourself think you're a little bit ahead of where you should be anyways. So if you're planning to be, you know, an elite contender next year and you're good this year, like you push all your 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 you go all in on that. And I I don't think they do. No. I think the one thing I keep seeing is uh with uh Anthopolis being from the Jays. I've seen a lot of stuff about Stroman just because he's so familiar with him from that time, and I wouldn't be upset with that. I think that he's having a bad year this year, but I think that he turns it around. He just, I don't think he's been the same since he tore his ACL. What do you do, step on that sprinkler yeah. in, like, spring training and tore Like, how does that even happen? It's such a, a stupid freak accident. But the Phillies haven't done much either. They got I saw that they got as Drupal Cabrera yeah. from the, the Mets. So that's but the dude, only like big time middle middle time yeah, but move he's a that good, they've made. He's a good guy to like he played for the Mets. You know, he's like he's he's yeah. one of those guys that like he plays like second base, plays he can play shortstop, third base, wherever they want to put him, but he's a decent bat. But I don't think it shows that the Phillies, the Phillies probably think like the the Braves do, where they're like, We're not going all in on we think that we're good enough to win the division, but we're not going all in on our future this year. To get, you know, Machado. Like I guess they were talking about Machado, and I guess if they could get him, you know, but it, it didn't end up working out. But the, the Phillies want to win now. But I think the Phillies are are gearing towards the future. It's weird to me that it's the same division. Like the Braves and Phillies are so similar to each other. Yeah. Like every like you said earlier, everyone expected the Nationals to win that division. It wasn't even up for debate. To if be you like asked six games ahead at this. Yeah. Time. If you asked. Ten people who was going to win the NL East prior to the season, everybody would have picked the Nets. And win like everybody. 92 games this yeah, year. if not more. Yeah. Everybody expected that, but it just hasn't happened. And that's what I love about baseball is shit happens. Yeah. You, never, you can never really tell. But Yeah, you have to show up and play. Right? Yeah, I don't think that the Phillies and Braves are, are going to sacrifice long term to try to win this year. It's like, let's compete this year and see what happens. Exactly. If we make a run, we make a run. But the thing is... Is they're different than like the Nationals or the Red Sox or the Yankees, where maybe even if they get a veteran pitcher that is a frontline starter, like maybe they get like a Cole Hamels, like a veteran guy like that, that's not guaranteeing them that they're going to win their division. They've still got so many young guys. Like when you look at like even the Braves, like Albies, this is his first like major like full season, playing phenomenal, but is that going to continue? What happens when you get into a playoff race and then it becomes more of the mental? side of the game that these young guys haven't haven't had to handle. Like Acuna hasn't had to handle that. NCRT hasn't been in that position. Freeman has been. So, like, you know, he's your rock to, to rely yeah, on. But, like, yeah. we can't count on Tehran. He's got probably the most playoff experience of anybody on our team or experience, period. But, like, we're relying on Anibal Sanchez right now. Yeah. And he's an older guy. So, like, let's, who's to and say he's that he's going to stay on up? bad teams. Yeah, but who's to say that he's going to stay healthy at his age? Is he going to continue to be able to do what, he's, what he does? And even if you bring that veteran pitcher on, like, does that – are those three prospects that you're giving up – Worth it. Is it worth it this year if it doesn't pan out? And the answer is no. no. So, like, you just let this year play out the way it plays out. Yeah, because you think even if you win the division, <coughs> are, can they really compete with the Cubs or the Dodgers? And I like, really? Think so, no. No. Just there, there are too many veteran teams with – with much higher, like that's the thing too is we're not talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees. 
that are going to take on a ton of payroll. Like the the Braves and the Phillies aren't those big market teams like that. So you're talking. So why give up what you've worked exactly. to acquire yeah. for the next sixty games? Yeah. And whatever may happen in the postseason. Yeah, I just they're not they're not going to give up. They're not going to sacrifice long term just for this year because they're they're playing ahead of schedule. Like you pretty much. I think the way you have to look at it is. You're getting way, way better results than you had anticipated already. So instead of like, you know, really pushing for them to make a big move like that, you've just got to kind of ride it out and start waiting on next year, maybe. Because I think as a Braves fan, my expectations for next year are going to be way higher than they were for this year. And, and it should I, be. It, of course, the one year that I don't draft a ton of Braves players is the year that they really turn around. Like, I should have picked up Fulte. I had Newcomb and I dropped him. I should have held on to him, but yeah, you got Acuna and uh, Albies, though. I took, like I said, I drafted, I drafted Acuna higher than I should have, but I wanted to make sure that I got him. And I thought that I was reaching for Albies when I took him, but his value has yeah. been astronomical. Yeah, it's been way higher than what you drafted him at. I'm sure. Like in our league, he's ranked 25th now, but there for yeah. a while he was like a top 15 guy. Yeah, you probably drafted him in like the fifth, maybe sixth round. You're talking uh, with I that think, many people. You're I think talking I drafted. Pick like I think I drafted Acuna in the eighth round, and I, I drafted Albies. I want to say in like the tenth. So like Damn. that was definitely still worth it. Like, you're talking seventy some wise. picks ahead of like where his actual value is at, or but behind I where his actual value is. Yeah, but I wanted him. And like our, I think that our fantasy league is a lot of active guys now. A lot of guys that that do a lot of reading on stuff and, like, a lot of watching baseball and, and know who – like, if you look at those numbers on a lot of those players, the percentages of numbers that they're owned in leagues, Yeah. sometimes you'll have a guy that's, like, 88%. It's like, how was he not owned in 100%? Yeah. Who's playing in these leagues that no one's picked up Juan Soto? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I think that shows you that – there's not a lot of very intelligent people that play fantasy baseball like our league does. And then you, like, look at all the, the dropping trends. One guy will have a bad start, and you'll see, like, 3,000 yeah. teams drop. Yeah. It's like, I'm not dropping this guy. Yeah. Like, he, he'll turn it around. Like, he'll have more value in the long run. But what'd you end up, what'd you end up winning by this week? Uh, about 40. 40-something. 40 42, I think. Which was a big week because it was the uh, the ten, the extended week because of the yeah. All Star break. Yeah, you beat Brian by forty. Yeah, forty, almost forty exactly. I put up four seventy two, which is third, third highest score this week. The master scored. I gotta be fourth then. Yeah. The Masters scored four seventy six. Brian Haley scored five fifteen. Five fifteen is pretty pretty solid, man. Rob has the uh, highest score of any losing team this week. He put up four fifty seven. Feel like if he, I feel like he can put up points sometimes if he adjusts his lineup. <laughs> Could be true if he adjusts his lineup. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised. Like, when we were looking at, uh, like, wins above replacement and everything. Do you know who – let me pull it up here so I can tell you and not be wrong. 
Do you know who number four is overall offensively and more in baseball? Alex Bregman. Yeah, that makes sense. He's, he's been that good. He's he's been he's having a good year. He him and Benintendi when I had him on my squad, they both started off really slow. Bregman's turning it around now. I think I'm prime like with that trade we made where I got Cole with having like Scherzer, Cole, Paxton. Picking up, I still to this day I cannot believe that I picked up Ottavino yeah. and Carlos Santana off of the waiver wire. Like I can't believe somebody dropped him. I don't know. Period. Santana's a beast in points leagues. Oh yeah, like his average is sucked, but his on base percentage is as good. He's drawing walks. Like he's he's still putting up good numbers. He just doesn't have a good batting average, and our league doesn't put that priority on batting average. So as long as he's still doing other things, yeah. Like, he can strike out three times. As long as he gets me a home run and three RBI, it's worthwhile in the league. But I do think that we need to change up our scoring a little bit. Like, I think that we should definitely put more of a of a point system for stolen bases to make guys that are, are fast more worthwhile. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a lot of time, like, sitting down and really figuring it out because we really need to make sure that it's weighted. Like, and I think that we're going to have to go up on some of our other scores just to make – I don't think that you can make keep, like, a, a home run four points and make stolen, a stolen base, like, three or something like that. So, I think we need to move up with points. Like, we'll have to have a higher scoring point system. But in order to do that, that'll, you'll be able to weight the, the stolen bases a little bit better than what we're currently doing. Because, there's, like you said, there's no value in stolen bases. Yeah. Period. So, even Mike Trout, who's 20 for 21, that's only – plus 19 points because you lose a point when you get caught stealing. Yeah, so need, uh, 19 points that. for 20 stolen bases, going 20 for 21, which is kind of rare because, you know, that's, that's yeah, a most pretty guys, damn good average. Yeah, I feel like most guys don't go 20 for 21 when they're they're running, you know, stolen bases and stuff like that, period. I feel like it's always they get caught a lot more than that. I didn't even realize that, honestly, like, because I guess I just don't follow it because of our scoring – I just don't pay that much attention to stolen bases. Like, I didn't realize that Trout had 20 of them. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, pretty much covered everything we're going to cover. Um, we haven't really discussed when we're going to do another one. I'm glad it worked, though. Yeah. we uh, Once we got the, uh, the app going, we were pretty much golden oldies. Ready to rock and roll. We uh, covered a lot of stuff that didn't even make it on here because we talked about Machado in depth and Harper in depth before it even worked all the way. We didn't talk about that was that Trout is more valuable than Harper because he's 20 for 21 steals and and, uh, Harper is 8 for 10. Yeah. So that even, I mean, Trout is far and away. I mean, you can talk about whoever you want as second best player. But see, but that's the thing. Trout is the best player. You've never even had that discussion. Up until this year, you've had bets and Trout, like that discussion. But even with the MVP race, Altuve won the MVP last year. You've never had a discussion. If anyone, I think if you asked anybody in baseball, if they had to draft someone, who would they draft? They'd pick Trout. Yeah. Period. Yeah. He really is. No that one's much ever said Altuve. Like everybody else and everybody, you know. There's a lot of guys that are good, and there's a lot of guys that are elite. But Trout is. Yeah, I don't mean to take anything away from Altuve yeah. either. But like, there's Four never. Bets. It's never been a discussion. Yeah. Like you take Trout, like no doubt about it, because of of his entire skill set. I hope that Acuna is in that being talked about like that. That realm. 
the, everything I've read saying that he plays center field too, right? He's playing left right now. They're uh, they're talking about honestly. One thing I read was they're talking about using Enciarte in like a platoon role, so he wouldn't hit against lefties. And when that happens, they'll move him from left to center. But you can't. Yeah, that's the thing too is Enciarte is a Gold Glove center fielder. Yeah. So it's hard to take him and put him on the bench as a yeah. platoon role. But yeah. All right, well, to be honest, we don't even know if we're going to, like, broadcast this or not. We should. This is the first week, so we might just to embarrass ourselves. Um, I don't know where we're going to post it yet, but we're going to post it somewhere. Follow us on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? I think it's just Matt Bechtel, at Matt Bechtel. You probably need to spell that because how many people oh, know Matt how to spell your last name? B-E-C-H-T-O-L-T. Mine's Jack in the Box 85 Follow us. Let us know what you think. Uh, unless you're going to be a dick, and then we don't care. Um, but, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully be doing another one here soon. Any uh, any parting jabs? No jabs. Yeah, I think, I think what was this, take five turned out pretty well? I think it was take four. Okay. The first three were atrocious and yeah. didn't record past five <laughs> minutes, and we probably talked for 15 yeah, before I know. we uh, actually realized that we were going. So, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Adios. Adios.